The meeting of two minds on the Badger Shelf. We'll set the world to rights and try to find more Badger puns. Welcome to the Badger Shelf. Hello, and welcome to the very first episode of The Badger Shelf. When we first uploaded this episode, it was awful. There was no intro, there was no outro, there was no ending, and the sound quality was abysmal. I have done what I can with the sound, tidied up the beginning and end, and added this brief warning before Eddie screams into the microphone in 3, 2, one. The Badger Shelf! And if you can right. still hear... <laughs> Eardrums perforated across the UK. We only want people to listen to us once. <laughs> that is it. If you've made it past the very snappy introduction, welcome to the Badger Shelf. It's a shame this isn't a visual medium. Sorry, New Yorkers. New York. New York for when we inevitably break America. And that's just when we invade. Ah. <laughs> for when we have inevitably go global, like COVID-19. <laughs> topical. <laughs> that is topical. Oh my goodness. You never hear about it these days, COVID-19. No, that, that's gone right under the radar, that has. <laughs> Everyone's gone right off coronavirus. It's all baby Boris. Oh, And his yes. child. Ah, zing! There's one for the zing meter. I feel, I feel, I feel like we should, we should make enemies at the start, just to, just to clarify our stance <laughs> on friendship. We don't want people listening the whole way through and then realizing at the end that they don't agree with our worldviews and morals. We want, we want them to turn off immediately. Yes, ex- exactly. If only for their, uh, you know, make it easier for them, make it better for us. We know those people listening to us. This is exactly it. It's a filter. So that's fine. If you find anything we've said offensive so far, just switch off now. Yes, switch it right off. And now that they're gone, everyone who's still here, aren't those guys dicks? <laughs> what a bunch of fools. Now they're your enemy too. <laughs> oh, we've lost them all. It's going dark across the eastern seaboard. I don't really know what the eastern seaboard is, but I remember it from Monsters, Inc. And it's like my favourite type of board. <laughs> As seaboards go, even a cheese board. We're going live on the Eastern Sea. Oh, cheese boards! Oh, I'm sorry, cheese boards. Okay, it's my favorite type of seaboard. Oh, your your favorite type of seaboard is the Eastern Seaboard. <laughs> yeah, the Western Seaboard can suck it. I assume that there's a Western Seaboard. There's an actress called Cherry Seaborn. As a, as a, <laughs> as a slight juncture. As a slight U-turn. Who turn? Me turn. But <laughs> Monsters Inc. aside, we have uh, relevant things to discuss, I'm sure. Cultural up-to-date businesses. How about we kick off with something I have shamelessly, shamelessly stolen from Reddit. Oh no. So there was an Ask Reddit thread earlier in the week of worst endings to a movie or TV show. <sighs> And there are quite a few stingers. It's the thing with writing; it's so comparatively easy to have a good setup 
lots of people manage to create an amazing beginning to a story. This is the this is the premise. This is what we can do with it, and everyone's mind goes wild. Like, oh my god, they could do all these things. But writing an ending is awful. It is tough. It's trying to wrap up all the threads and write yourself out of the corners that you have written yourself into uh, and please everyone because it's impossible to please everyone. Exactly. You'll get the likes of um, like Sherlock. Oh. Nicely that, that that one I did enjoy the ending of the show. See, that's an interesting one because is it the ending? They keep saying it's coming back. But who knows? They really shouldn't boys. though. Like, that's going to make me some more enemies. I'll chalk that up to Sherlock fans on my enemy list. But, um, (laughs) like, it it just tied everything off so perfectly and had this big montage at the end of, see, they do keep having adventures, but, you know, you know they're going to be fine. Does it it need to continue? I mean, it it is probably a sign of a good ending that it just leaves people wanting more. Not like, um, well... Let's pick one from completely random scrubs where I, I, I genuinely don't know anyone that kept watching the last season. No. Um, I, I I have only seen a few episodes of it, I think. I, I remember watching it when it was when it was first airing in the UK. And I was like, oh, great, more scrubs. And then a few episodes in, oh, so Zach Braff's leaving for a couple of episodes. And then he doesn't come back. <laughs> this is how it was framed. Because... The trailers for it on E4 were like, more scrubs! And it had lots of footage of Zach Braff and running around the place. And it was like, oh, great, more scrubs! And then, nope, it's about these new kids. Just a, just, just a quick aside for you, Eddie. How many times while saying Zach Braff do you have to stop yourself saying Zap Brannigan? Zap Brannigan. <laughs> the other greatest Zed man in pop culture. I wish it was Zach Brannigan in Scrubs rather than Zach Braff. That would be an interesting show. It's just like, start a campaign to like completely remake classic TV shows and films, just randomly inserting Zach Brannigan. <laughs> Soft velour. <laughs> he dramatically improves every scene he is in by 95%. I've done the science. He's done the maths. I have. I, I've seen the whiteboards. It is daunting. It's outrageous. Twenty years I've been working on that formula, the Zap Brannigan calculations. <laughs> the, the, the first ten years were, were rough, but see, once he learned how to write, things did <laughs> pick up. When I stopped doing it on my hands and having to wash them every five minutes, it really picked up pace. Just a subtle, subtle plug to your panda car adventures. <laughs> yes, Zap Brannigan. But yes, Scrubs, Scrubs just died a death, really. Um, I still don't know how it ended. I can't bring myself to watch it. It was just awful. The unofficial ending, where it was the JD, it's his final day at Sacred Heart, and he's leaving, and it was emotional, and it was a beautiful, like, rundown of his time at the hospital, and all these characters that he's interacted with, and all these uh, relationships and friendships he's made, and it was beautiful, and it ended, and it was nice, and it was lovely. And then they just wanted to squeeze that cash cow. Yeah, and at the end of the day, that's what tends to kill things, isn't it? It's uh, writing by committee. It's the the boardroom going, oh, well, we think people want this. Exactly. They want another season. They'll pay us this much. Whereas on the complete flip side, you get Game of Thrones, where they got a new job and decided to just wrap it up as quickly as possible. Oh, boy. (laughs) That is an interesting one, because they could have carried on. 
Um, the yeah, studio, the, the studio was throwing was money at them. Keen. They were like, keep this going, guys. Go, keep this going. It's printing money. And yeah, they, they, the writers, literally jumped ship. And will never work in this town again. It's just, ah, oh, horrendous. They weren't... They weren't very popular for a lot of the running of the show because they had some strange ideas. And then they did that. The ultimate betrayal. Well, uh, there's, there's a lot of different ideas on this. Some people say that, oh, if they just took their time and you know did the extra season or the extra few episodes, it could have been so much better. But would it just have drawn it out? Yeah. The One of the issues, I think, was that it was all being written in a direction, so it was all coming to a point, like, winter was coming, and um, uh, the dragons were coming, and all this was happening, and all this had to happen, and so they kind of got to that point where it was all suddenly happening, and they were like, ah, oh, what? We've run out of story. Just do it all at once. Yeah. Hi. Right, let's quickly wrap up the Night King, wrap up this, wrap up that, and then cut forward three months without actually telling anyone, and, <laughs> and that... Infamous line from Tyrion, who has a better story than Bran the Broken? But literally everyone else on the continent, Tyrion. (laughs) Bran has done nothing. He's, he's, oh, he's he's sitting down on a job. But yeah, it was just... Like the last season had a few good callbacks, you know? There was uh, obviously the Stark children reuniting and, you know, and and Jamie Lannister giving Bran another push. (laughs) He, uh... It all came full circle for for a good old Jamie Lannister. But I mean, there's an example of a show where the actors are being interviewed about it, and they can barely contain their upset and their horror at what they've had to put on screen. If if they ever need to make a visual dictionary with using you know clips from behind the scenes, I'm not entirely sure why they would, but they would be against disappointment. <laughs> It's just, and they're not pulling any punches. They're not going, oh, watch and see. Well, they're all going, yeah, it was awful. Like, before it's even aired, they were in interviews going, this is this is the worst betrayal of a script and a story I've seen in my years in the industry. And it's like, oh my God, how bad is this? It is bad. I mean, realistically, they shouldn't, they shouldn't have put any of that out beforehand because everyone went in thinking, it's going to be crap. So <laughs> yeah. whether it was good or bad, if it was a wee bit good, everyone would have gone, it's crap. But it didn't make any difference. I mean, it's hard to contain that stuff as well. Once it starts getting leaked out, what are they going to do? But I think at that point, anyway, the showrunners hadn't didn't care anymore. So they were kind of done and gone. Not gone enough. For two-thirds of that series, it was one of the most perfect shows on television. Every it had week. so many good scenes, had so many like brilliant plots, captivating. But ugh. I think everyone has seen Game of Thrones, and if they've not, they're just these people going, "Oh well, I didn't watch it, and I'm glad I didn't." And it's like, no, okay, it was an experience. It was wonderful. It was good times until the end. Even Ed Sheeran, we sat through Ed Sheeran, and it was still good. Yeah, that was painful. <laughs> um, just wishing Arya would kill him. Um, she killed so he... many people unnecessarily. So and she couldn't have killed him. When he picked up his tiny little loot, she should have gone, that's plenty, right? 
a stab, but no. I mean, it's it's one thing to have like a celebrity in for the sake of having a celebrity in, but then but Ed Sheeran, Ed Sheeran to sing a wee song. Uh it's meant to be a fantasy epic in another world, not an episode of Saturday Night Live. Yeah, it's, the point of a good cameo in these shows is you're not meant to know it's a cameo. It's meant to blend seamlessly. Um, one of the previous seasons, the the band Masterdon were on, but they look like they belong in Game of Thrones because they're a crazy heavy metal band with hair and beards. And they, they had absolutely <laughs> no idea they were in the show. They, they were just <laughs> living out their daily life. They were in it because um, they did... Um, which one? It was the, the... Not the bear. One of the big songs that was kind of in at one point. And so Masterdon were just in it. And it was amazing. And that is a much better example of a musical cameo. Although that reminds me, I've finally got around to watching, uh, because I'm literally just going to end up having watched every TV show and movie by the end of lockdown. <laughs> uh, we watched Mary Poppins Returns the other night. Yes. Surprisingly good. I did not expect to enjoy it as much as I did. That, because that came out last year, last Christmas. Not last Christmas, but the Christmas before last Christmas. I, th- I remember being at home, we went to see it at the cinema, and my mum was like, should we go and see Mary Poppins? And I was like, you know what, mum? Let's let's do it. Let's bloody do it. <laughs> and it was wonderful. What an experience. It was like a, it was like a fun old Disney film. It was. It, it felt classic. Especially all like the the animated segment. Oh my goodness! It, it, was, it, was, it was like it was like an actual continuation of the original. Because when they said it was coming out, there was that oh what? Yeah. But they nailed it. Emily, to be blunt, was perfect. Oh my goodness! No, no, she really, really slotted into the role perfectly. And it's the way that they did use that kind of classic animation and all the sort of practical effects, mm. and they made it feel like the original film did. Just like a magical little piece of cinema. Wonderful. And speaking of bringing back from the original film, which is the whole reason I brought it up, and speaking about cameos, was uh-huh. Dick Van Dyke. Dick Van Dyke! Living his best life. Oh. Oh, he was absolutely superb. When he came on screen. <laughs> Ailey just went mental. She didn't realise he was in it at all. I'd heard of the cameo. Um, uh, so I, I was like semi waiting for it, but uh, no, she was just over the moon. <laughs> it was absolute perfection. That man is pushing a hundred years old, and he can still dance like any of these young boys. Well, he did need uh, some assistance getting his feet down from the desk. <laughs> well, he was acting. He's a very good actor. Uh, he didn't want to show them all up. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, she she was, was convinced, though, that they spent a lot of money on the ladders. Ah, because the, the gaslighters yeah. have their ladders just out flaunting them at any opportunity. <laughs> true, 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 true. The ladder department must have had something in the contract. <laughs> they, they never thoroughly check the ladder contracts. Sure, we'll build your ladders. <laughs> We're going to make them show them on all the scenes. Ladders everywhere, boys. They're about to be next year's Christmas number one toy. I hope so. I hope so. I've already, Everybody needs a good ladder. I, I have invested heavily in ladders for just a, such an occasion. <laughs> ah, I have been pumping money into snakes. We could combine our financial efforts. But yes, 
it was it was a very good example of how to recapture the magic of an old film and bring it forward. So many times they try and remake, um, but that is a good argument for continuation rather than reinvention. Yeah, that, that was the argument I always had about the, um, the Italian job remake they did. Oh. They should have just called it a sequel. Yeah. Because it, it was sort of set up as if it was a sequel. So if they just gave it like a, a wee tagline and just said, oh, it's, you know, it is connected to the old one, I think everyone would have accepted it much more readily. It wasn't a bad film. Um, it's no Michael Caine. You've got only supposed to blow the bloody doors off. But um, they shouldn't, shouldn't be afraid to, to carry on a story. They shouldn't expect the, the audience to have completely forgotten classics. No, uh, it usually works much better to carry on rather than... The, the remake culture that we find ourselves in, it's terrible. It's every other year we hear some rumour of them rebooting Harry Potter. Ah, <laughs> goodness me. That's when you know you're getting old. Oh, they going to remake the films of our childhood. And now we're far too old to be in them. Yet not old <laughs> enough to be professors. <laughs> yes! It's, we're in that horrible grey area. We'll have to just like be muggles in the background. Just be random people. Ugh. Curse my parents. Just in general, or I mean, just throwing it out there. Um, I'll have to wait for the remake of the remake to fill Hagrid's boots. I always saw you more of a Professor Flitwick, to be honest. Oh! <laughs> Levitation! Yeah, I could, I could give it a bash. You, you won't need as big stilt to be him as you would Hagrid. Well, Warwick Davis is phenomenal. Um, I wouldn't mind filling his boots. We might be actually close to the same size. He's got style. You're only a couple inches off him. Yeah. Lofty ambitions. Indeed. Swinging rapidly away from from things with good endings, we'll, we'll go back into the nitty-gritty of awful finishes. Yes. So obviously there are the, the other classics, the, the stereotypical bad endings of uh, Lost, which just confused the hell out of everyone. And uh, The Sopranos was one that I just couldn't really understand why they copped out so much. Yes. Now, I, I'm i in a position, as a fan of TV, who has seen some of Lost and most of The Sopranos, but neither of the finales. Um, so I can't... Well, you're, you're in actually a quite a good position in, in these fan bases. Yeah, I've only seen the best of them. They, they Exactly. They were both massively well-received, critically acclaimed, and just couldn't tie a bow on it. I think the interesting difference, perhaps, between my understanding of the Lost ending and the Sopranos ending is the Lost ending is very obviously them going, it was all a dream type thing, because because they couldn't think of an ending. They were just like, they're all dead. Ah, it's purgatory. What? What? Whereas The Sopranos was always the kind of show to leave people kind of wondering. And from my understanding of this finale, I haven't seen it yet. I've, I've nearly finished. I'm on the final season, so I will be seeing it soon. Um, but from my understanding, it's kind of open-ended. So rather than them desperately trying to tie up loose ends and explain everything, 
it instead goes, nah, this could have happened. And it's, um, well, I'll know it when I see it, but. Like, have you, have you heard of the ending? I've, I'm, I'm sure I've ranted at, at you about it before. I mean, I don't want to ruin it if you're going to watch it soon. Uh, it's been described to me so many times, so I, I have almost a visual idea of the ending without having seen it. But um, it's it's like they're in the they're in the restaurant and they're sat at the table, and then Tony Soprano looks up and the song starts playing and it cuts to black. Yeah, and pretty much. You don't you don't know if he's going to get whacked or if you don't know what's happening. Or his coffee's here, or you know, it's just. Done. It was probably the biggest letdown ending ever at that point. It's. I'm very interested to finally see it and um, sort of understand it in real time. But I can understand why people are annoyed. And, oh yes, um, I. It's. It's an interesting way to end a season. Interesting is a much nicer way of putting it. Is it better? <laughs> I. I mean, see, I'm. I'm quite a fan of the idea of it. I'm justifying it. As a horrible villainous thespian, um, I'm sure. I I don't know. I think it's probably better than grasping at straws and desperately trying to wrap things up and making it even worse. It's kind of the art house thing. It's like, whoa, here's just some stylized filmmaking bosh. Like from one from one side, I can I can see the uh, the appeal of a nice stop ending like end on a high let's not dedicate to one particular ending because they're never going to please everyone so let's just please no one i can see the the, the draw of that as a writer however um it, it, i have to admit it is much better than what happened to some shows like community ah now i need to finish community as well i have i have done my homework for this segment i am the man to be talking to about this how far through community have you seen uh I think I've seen it. I've seen it till Troy leaves. Right, uh, so that is the perfect time to stop. Yeah, that's the last season I saw. I'm pretty sure. Um, to be honest, I think you've probably gone too far. <laughs> there's, there's a really good. I think I can't remember. Is it season four? It's one of the seasons. Anyway, it ends with everyone sort of going their own way. And in fact, no, it must be season four. Where, yeah, where uh, Jeff graduates and everyone else decides they're going to go off and live their life. And it was actually quite yeah. a good ending for the show even though like that whole second half of the season if you watch it again Chevy Chase doesn't have any scenes with the rest of the cast he like he filmed all his bits separately because no one wanted to work with him anymore and they just like awkwardly edit him in it all burned out yeah I mean it's it's like 100% the reason they wanted Chevy to be Chase not Chase uh, Pierce yeah he's such a Pierce yeah, but then, you know, after several years of actually putting up with the person, they decided, well, sack him. <laughs> but yes, um, I think that was quite a good ending to the show. And then they just sort of dragged everyone back, kicking and screaming. Yeah. And they just sort of drop like flies over the, the next, well, season five is when everything sort of falls apart. Yeah, so I don't think I've seen that. Does, um, because they bring in like other people, they bring in new people to try and build the cast back up. Yes, I've not seen it. I've not seen any of that. I saw the picture of it on Netflix, and I was like, "Oh my!" Yeah, it, it's it's an even more jarring flip between uh, season five and season six because season six I hadn't originally seen. I'm watching this for the first time now, and they uh... they scrap they introduced a new character in in season five, the criminology professor, 
played by yes um uh mike well he's mike mike and, uh, in great Breaking and bad. bad yes he he was actually i actually really enjoyed him as a character that was really good and then in so season i have seen that yeah so i've seen season five and then season six he's just kind of gone oh. and they don't they, they, they bring him up once or twice but there's no sort of explanation of where he went. And they just bring in a couple of new people. Goodness me. One of which is in Criminal Minds, Emily Prentice. So Ailey just oh. just physically cannot take her seriously in that part. Um, I mean, I'll probably... I should watch it, just to kind of see what actually happens. I mean, I'm still watching through it, but when I recommend the show to people, I usually just say... I hope you'll call season four the Gas League season, eh, where everything got really sort of wacky and weird. But usually when I'm recommending the show to people, that's what I'm recommending. You know, if you, if you like wacky, weird stuff, go for a community and watch up to season end of season four. Because it was kind of just beginning to really find its footing. It was feeling out and it was allowing itself to get weird and be creative. And it was brilliant. I'm not going to lie, it's some of the most enjoyable TV I've ever seen. That cast, the dynamic that they had together, was unbelievable. Those first, like, four or five seasons, first four seasons are, like, perfect comedy television. Brilliant. It was so quick, it was so smart, Then and there's so much. I'm re-watching through it now, and I'm picking up on all this stuff, and I'm like, oh my god! Like, background jokes and weird little asides that you suddenly get. It's very clever. It's very clever. It's the point of my favourite episode is the trampoline one. Oh! Oh my god! You don't really realise the guy's racist right up until the end. <laughs> right until the end, and you're like, oh my god. You see the giant swastika tattoo on his chest. Yeah. Oh, it's a maze. Yeah. Yeah, that, that caught Ailey by surprise. That was funny to watch her reaction to that. <laughs> the occasionally really dark moments, because it's Dan Harmon. Well, yes, I. <laughs> that guy knows what he's doing. That is definitely one theory. <laughs> There's a wonderful documentary about him called Harmon Town, so it's about his podcast, and it's kind of following him on the road. And he is such a broken human being. It's quite upsetting. Well, idea. It sounds like quite a watch. <laughs> but it's really good. It's really good because you see him like at his most raw. And you're like, oh my god. You've created such fantastic work. And you're awful. And it's that dichotomy of creativity that sometimes the most enjoyable stuff is created by some of the worst people on Earth. I mean, Chevy Chase has made some of the finest comedies in the land, and he's the worst person. (laughs) Excuse me, just two seconds, I'm going to add Chevy Chase to the enemies made in the first episode. You hear that, Chevy? I saw a wonderful thing on Twitter where it was um, the celebrity scale of uh, Chevy Chase to Tom Hanks. And everyone fits in between. Should we make an enemy of Tom Hanks just to just to really set ourselves apart from the crowd? No, Mr. Tom! He's gone through enough recently. He had the Rona. Macarona. <laughs> Poor man. Yes, okay. We'll let him off this week. We'll see what happens next time, Tom. <laughs> you just watch your steps, Sonny Jim. He's been warned. He knows. He doesn't have a friend in me. (laughs) Talking about uh, things ending and wanting to carry them on, 
Mm. I saw, and and Tom Hanks, it all comes together. I saw Toy Story 4 the other week. Oh. Uh, and it was actually quite good. Unnecessary, but quite good. Entirely unnecessary. Entirely unnecessary. It kind of, because we had the ending, and it was brilliant. And then Toy Story 4 went, I'm here. And you're like, okay. And then it was a really good movie. And then it kind of re-ended things. And I was like, okay. So now I'm waiting for the Toy Story 5 announcement. And we'll see uh, well, how that goes. Well, they've come out with like 12 different shorts since then. So I, d- I don't know if they're just going to try and keep it going that way forever and ever. Uh, like Sporky. But the opposite Forky. of the, the community chant. Six movies and a season. Six seasons and a movie. Yeah, they keep talking about the community movie. If they hadn't screwed the pooch, we would be... It's the darkest timeline. We're in the darkest timeline, and we couldn't even finish community. That's how dark this timeline is. Like, I'm not going to lie, the, the, the dark timeline callback was probably one of my favourite parts of the show. <laughs> huh. I wonder what's happening in the darkest timeline. <laughs> Just horrible. And then they all they all find a way to come to the good timeline and wreak havoc. That was amazing. That was good. I did enjoy that. Evil Abed. <laughs> evil Troy and Evil Abed. <laughs> yes. Oh my god. It was so good. I'm so glad I'm watching it again. Hmm. Like, it does have quite a weird ending. Like, I'm still working through the last season, which was painfully, obviously, sponsored by Honda. Oh no. Like, there's even a whole episode about Honda guerrilla marketing. Wow. So yeah, like I, I didn't originally watch uh, season six at the time because it was on uh, this Yahoo streaming platform, oh. which I hadn't even heard of until season six came onto Netflix. So good job marketing Yahoo. Yahoo. Yeah, there's a, there's a perpetually relevant company. Yeah. Is it, uh, do they exist? Um, what what happened question. to Yahoo? What happened to those Yahoos? I mean, I think you still get you know, the Yahoo's still a thing. I think, I think they just sort of do clickbait articles now. Oh. Yahoo News, yeah. they call it. Good lord. The early days of the internet was a funny time. Mm. All these mm. companies. What about AOL? Does AOL still exist? Let's have a look. AOL. Like all these companies that were so powerful back in the day, everyone had AOL. Like most people I knew. Everyone had AOL discs because they were sent out in the post and used as coasters. <laughs> my, well, actually, to be fair, the only memory I have of AOL is my cousins who literally had it as their internet and it was the worst experience of my life. It was the most bizarre thing because if you had AOL, you didn't just like connect to the internet, you had to open up their whole wee little operating system with yeah. You've got mail. And you had to like run it through that and it would try and connect and be like Like my my dad had that as well. And um our good friend Dave, I'm fairly sure he had that. Oh AOL. And I went back back home with uh FreeServe. That was the that was that was the internet. That was that was oh my the true God, internet. I had FreeServe and then it became Netgear. No no, Netgear is a they make wireless routers. Oh, I think we had a Netgear router. Yes. FreeServe. No, no, that, that. I know the internet. I I remember having a Netgear provided by FreeServe, and it is, to this day, the most horrible, cretinous device I've ever worked in my life. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't good. It really wasn't good. Netgear used to make some absolutely awful 
awful networking kit. Why did we put up with it? Uh, however, I am now got like a nice fancy gaming Netgear router running my running my office. Ooh. They have they have definitely turned things around. Well done, Netgear. I'm taking you off the enemy list. You're back on the board, boys. We're running uh, a BT Smart Hub. And just to confirm, we are still looking for sponsorship. So uh, if, <laughs> if any companies have found they've come off fav- favorably in this podcast, um, please just, you know, send money. Honda. Maybe not Honda. Maybe not Honda. You not after your what they did to community. What about Subway? Like, a literal guy of Subway. I am Subway. You have much to see in season six. Oh, God. Did they bring back Subway? Yes. Uh, and he works for Honda. <laughs> no. Oh, I don't want to. I just want to watch the paintball seat episodes on a loop. They should have just stopped the whole community college escapades and just gone for paintball. It was the best. Oh, except for the floor is lava. Oh my god, that was so good. They were just beautiful moments of television. It was. It was superb. So pure. And yes, like I say, I'm now watching season six. I will need to get onto it. Dip my toe in that cesspool. So there are any other shows or movies? We haven't touched on movies at all. Oh, well, uh, I couldn't really think of movies. Um... See, I've, I've I've got a bit of a bit of a gripe with not so much a particular movie, but an entire genre. Oh God! It's like the vast majority of horror films have uh, bollocks endings. Yeah, it's a curse. It's the curse of the horror films. They cannot write an ending. No, they either uh, big it up too much the the paranormal threat that they're facing. And everyone dies, and that's a bit of a shit ending anyway. You know, it's like, and everyone's dead. The end. Or, like, they sort of beat the paranormal thing, and it's like, oh, well, I guess it was kind of shit all along, and it fizzles out. Yeah. Well, you've got that horrible... I was really enjoying it, that film about witches. Oh, yeah, it's called The Witch. Oh, with the VV, the Vivitch. Yes, I was I was quite enjoying the Vivitch. Robert Eggers, what what? He's a good uh, good director. Yes, and I quite enjoyed the setup. Quite enjoyed the acting. Quite enjoyed the entire the entire film, up until the end, where she just sort of floats up into the sky and it cuts to black. <laughs> it's like yeah. Well, I'm sorry. What? So you, you, <laughs> you've you've had this like relatively grounded, quite dark and gritty story, and then you're gonna end with my people need me. <laughs> it was um, a, that kind of surrealist art house ending again. It's like, oh, oh, all right, cool. I mean, there's probably there are probably art cinema folk that sit there wanking each other off, going, "Oh my god, that was an amazing ending." <laughs> but I'm never going to sit down and watch that film again. No, I think it's kind of a one and done deal. Yeah. Whereas I watched. His the other one he came out with the lighthouse, that mm. was incredible. Um, and that was much the same. It was two guys on a tiny island working at a lighthouse, going insane, and it was brilliant. That's one I have not watched yet. Um, Willem Dafoe and Robert Pattinson going mental. Yes, I need to see where I can watch this. And frickin' seagulls and mermaids. And a big bulb. It was excellent. 
A big bulb. A big bloody bulb. They're planting big plants, were they? <laughs> it's called a lamp. A lamp. Well. Uh, but Ro- Robert Eggers, the director, is the kind of guy um, that goes for the kind of wanky extremes. Um, so the lighthouse, they literally found a tiny island off Nova Scotia, built a lighthouse, um, and filmed it all there on location. All the rain is real rain. All the weather that happens is real weather. They used, like, special cameras and lenses and filmmaking techniques used in the 1920s to make it look like a black-and-white film from that era. It was amazing the level of authenticity they went to to make it look and feel like an actual film from that era was incredible and the tension the tension throughout is just oh it's like two hours long but it felt about half an hour it's so bubbling that's good i'll definitely need to have a watch of that like in the cinema it was enthralling um but i imagine it'll still be very good in in the home theater edition well, that's really um, the only option we have these days, isn't it? This is it. <laughs> was that the ending? That that was the ending we had. Yes. The, it just it just ends. In a wonderful twist of irony, when we're slagging off the bad endings around cinema and television. Oh, the goal of Andy a year ago. It was shocking. I'm so glad we sacked him and got that new editor. <laughs> Andy with a moustache. <laughs> Andy with a moustache does a fine job. It must be said. I'm so glad oh. I, I set the bar so, so very low. It makes what well, I do now seem professional. To... <laughs> we had to start somewhere. You know, it's all uphill from there. Here? Are we talking from the past? This is very mysterious. Hmm. I think I think before we cause some sort of time loop, we should uh, we should sign off the episode and, and put in the actual outro, so people don't get a weird panic when the episode ends. Yeah, we don't want the uh, TVA coming after us. Oh, oh, oh! <laughs> Still not sponsored by Disney Plus. Can't believe it. It's been a bloody year now, and the mouse has not come knocking. It actually should not be allowed. Truly villainous. Well, yes. Ah, but no, no, you go. Well, I think I was going to say what you're going to say, where we should say yes, um, and round things off in a professional manner that people have come to expect from the last year of the Banjo Shelf. What on earth could make them expect that? High <laughs> ah, expectations, these highfalutin people. Well, I'm still nowhere near fixing it, episode two, so uh, <laughs> we're st- still some reality involved. But yes, that's far we've come. But yes, that indeed was episode one of The Badger Shelf. I hope you all enjoyed it, and uh, we'll see you for the next one. Hoodloo! Hoodloo!